0: It's eleven
1: fifty nine of Radio Free America. chair is against the wall the chair is against the wall john has a long mustache john has a long mustache it's 12 o'clock americans another day closer to victory and for all of you out there on or behind the lines this
2: is your song and welcome everybody to our daily gun show we come to be live every week night at midnight for this live discussion uh we do the uh, short show at mid at noon so uh, we get together. We talk about guns. We run it live on YouTube and simulcast it over at gunchannels.com, a community we built five years ago now for gun conversations. We've got a bunch of people joining us from all over the country. Looks like uh, David just joined in from Florida. Thanks for joining.
3: Yes, sir, G. Not a problem,
2: sir. Yep, we got Deadhorse jumping in from Utah. Howdy. Thanks for joining. We got uh, Woods coming in from. Uh, state of Washington. Thanks for joining.
1: Thanks for the invite.
2: And Gun Snob down in
1: Oklahoma. Yep. Thanks for the invite.
2: Always. I'm down here in Tucson and we've got some links out to others. Uh, Ellis is doing a live show right now, again on YouTube, but simulcasting it over on Gun Channels. And he's got quite a few people watching that. They're talking about mental illness and firearms. So um, we might see some people jump in from that show when it's over. It sounds like Dead Horse is going to do a show after this one where you're going to be reloading some shotgun shells live with uh, David, I'm sure, and whoever else wants to jump in and and, uh, be part of that. Um, You've reloaded shotgun shells before, right? This isn't the first time or anything. This is my first time ever reloading shotgun shells. Oh, snap. So he's going to bust his his gauge. Yep. Uh, Is that even legal on YouTube? Or maybe do it on guntube.org. Everything's legal over there all right well so this monday right yeah so uh this means it's episode i guess i go look over at the uh thing over here at the schedule it is episode number let's take a forever to look oh, my internet bad am i coming through claire 631 episode 631. thanks yeah episode 631. so on mondays we talk about behind the scenes and we talk about the calendar so uh unless anybody's got anything to chat
0: about from over the weekend or one of the earlier shows um i haven't really heard any gun news really this weekend um nothing pro or anti-2a really it's kind of it was kind of a quiet weekend which was kind of nice
4: yeah i have to agree i didn't read anything pro or against i still working on against 1639 and i i do a thing uh, tomorrow for call, the call center for him.
1: Well, I did read that one of the Democratic senators or congressmen, or whatever you call them, in Oklahoma, our state, introduced a red flag law bill, so that's thrilling. Uh,
2: like a bad one or just an annoying one?
1: Um, just, I didn't, I haven't read it yet. I just barely saw the thing last night and I haven't had a chance yet, but I will. I'm sure it won't go anywhere, but just need to make sure it doesn't. I'm sure oh. it's bad though.
2: Um, all right. Well, we've got a couple of things here. One of the things I wanted to start doing with this nightly conversation since we do host it over on gun channels uh, most of the people I'm guessing that watch the show while wow, we've only have seven viewers tonight so this is the hardest of core viewers our real audiences out there tonight all the uh the people that prefer Alice or the Dgs haven't even come over yet so uh normally though I'm guessing everybody that watches this show is uh, part of gun channels or at least aware of stuff that's going on all the shenanigans going on over at gun channels uh, I put in the topic tonight sharpie knife fight because I'd like to uh, put a request out there for people to uh, send in some stories of guns, your, your experiences with gun channels. Uh, some of you are newer to gun channels. Some of you have been around for two years or more. So i um, curious to see, I don't know, some different stories that are going on out there. Uh, I don't know what to do with them. I just think it'd be neat to get some accumulated. we got the 50th anniversary coming up. Uh, I've been doing some of the cartooning kind of stuff, trying to get the ball rolling on that. There's got to be other creative people out there that are interested in uh, participating in some sort of, uh, um, you know, getting, I don't know, something out of these stories or something or using it to uh, just play with, uh, you know, the community that we've got here a little bit. So uh through the Sharpie knife, knife Sharpie marker and knife fight out there. Uh, but we don't, I don't know if we have anybody here that was, well, I don't think we have anybody here that was there, but, uh, I'm not sure if anybody who's...
0: Oh, I watched it. I watched that all go down now.
2: (laughs) Live? So you were there watching?
0: Yeah, live. The Sharpie Mark and I
2: fight. Yeah, we were watching that live. So uh, with that that kind of preface that we're going to be talking about in upcoming shows, um, maybe not every Monday, but kind of randomly coming up just every once in a while, getting ready for the 50th anniversary, talk about different things that happened over on Gun Channels to remind people, hopefully, of the fun stuff that's happened or to let people know about some of these neat things that happened, which is, I think, part of the funnest stuff about gun channels. I mean, I didn't build gun channels to make money. Uh, Thankfully, there's enough participation financially that it doesn't cost me anything or much each month uh, other than time, really. So uh, I didn't build it with that in mind. Uh, I didn't build it. I, I mean, I did build it to remove the NFA, but. You know, we have Every Second Matters to help kind of work towards that. So it's not like we have a huge goal or drive with gun channels other than to have a conversation about guns. So some of these things that happen in real life, and there's some of these things that have happened in chats or just, you know, over the years uh, online that we'll, we'll talk about in this segments or these, these segments. Um, I just don't want them to be forgotten. And it's always fun when people who have participated in them are around to reminisce. Uh, but hopefully, again, that... Gets people's creative juices flowing, and you know who knows what'll happen next, kind of thing. So, going back to the sharpie knife fight, uh, Dave, I'm guessing you have no idea what we're talking about.
3: No, gee, I actually don't. I uh, kind of put my head in the sand this weekend because my girl was leaving for a couple week vacation oh, in no, Europe, reason. so I had to spend time this close to the house. This is at least two years old.
2: This is something <laughs> Dead horse saw out live. Uh, Woods, you know what we're talking
4: about here? No, I didn't I didn't see it. Uh, I've had I've been in a chat where you guys oh, referred to it fine. before, but i am
2: not sure what it is. Okay. And then Snob, any idea what we're talking about here? Absolutely no clue.
1: All right, so then
2: I'll watch out on the uh, chats out there. We are watching the YouTube side because of contractual obligations. I have to watch the YouTube side. But we're also watching the Gun Channel side where we actually are enjoying the lots of conversation that's going on live out there. Uh, wondering if um, people want to throw something out there. But till then, Dead Horse, what was the Sharpie, Narf- Sharpie Marker knife fight all about?
0: This was, it started two years prior, probably before it even happened, with Bob and Hosh talking one night in a chat about how Bob could basically disarm Hosh if Hosh attacked him with like a knife, right? And, and it was basically a little argument back and forth, like, oh, like if you're, how bad are you going to get hurt if someone comes at you with a knife or kind of like, oh, no matter what, like, I think Hosh's perspective was no matter what you're going to get cut, right? Trying to take away a knife from somebody. And Bob was of the aspect of like, oh no, I can take a knife away from you without getting hurt. So when they finally met up down at uh, Vegas, right? They were like, oh, like, here's a Sharpie in, in place of the knife. And Bob dressed all up in white painter-like clothes, right? Like the jumpsuit, white painter jumpsuit. So then you could see any little black Sharpie marks on him, right? Like if he actually got – and so if he had a black Sharpie mark, that would represent like getting cut with the blade of a knife, right? So then they went and uh, did their little thing. And Bob, I think, turned around basically and ran and then tripped and like hurt himself really bad. Oh, it's probably not funny to laugh at it about his injury, but, um, but yeah, they were just a uh, good time. it was a good time. So that was like a, a, a two year thing that finally got settled one night, like a two year dispute, I guess that got settled in a uh, mutual combat one
2: night. Yeah. probably yeah.
0: Be better if I found the video out
2: there, but if anybody can find it or knows where it's at, I don't, I'm guessing it's on like pink's channel Pink, or, yeah. So, uh, Yeah, so basically everybody knows Bob, right? Biker Bob, co-host of this show back in the day. And famous Gun Channel's Canadian. So uh, Bob has got all kinds of ideas and uh, theories. And Hosh is, what, a rocket scientist, literally, in California. And they'd have this off-and-on debate, I think, over the years. like Bob is basically... uh, into martial arts and he would say that you can disarm somebody like taking their knee out or something i think his thing was like you know most of the stuff is fake we're maybe talking about movies or something like in real life he would just take their knee out and the fight would be over so i think it was something like that and hosh was like not if i had a knife right and it went back and forth and every once in a while the, that little conversation would brew back up again every once in a while in a chat so uh we're at Shot Show. I think this is the second year Bob had been come down from Canada to go to Shot Show and hang out in the United States for a while. And uh, he was already staying. He so he was in Vegas, staying at a mobile home park. And it's a fancy one with like blacktop streets. You know, it's not a uh, gravel anywhere. It's it's grass and concrete and blacktop, and it's all nice. And uh, next to a casino. So it's. I think we all showed up to eat at that casino, I think. And so we had all showed up and we all kind of parking in the empty camping spots or whatever, RV spots around Bob's camper to go over to the casino real close by. And that's when somebody said, hey, we should have the Sharpie marker knife fight because somewhere along the line, the knife fight concept had turned into like, if we ever meet, um, we're having a Sharpie marker fight and whoever gets the, you know, whoever's actually the better knife fighter will have no markers marks on them, right? So Bob's like, oh, damn. So he had, I don't know if he would intentionally brought or if he just happened to have a a pure white, like Santa painters jumpsuit or whatever. And uh, so he puts the head on and this is like 10 o'clock at night or something. It's pretty late and it's dark. And the only lights are these little, I don't know what you call them, like what you'd have out by your sidewalk or something at your house. Like a little light about the size, about head height Right? It just puts out a little bit of light so that as you're walking, you don't trip over shit, but not street lights up in the air or nothing like that. So it's really dark and it's it's blacktop and everything, but it isn't necessarily completely level. It's a little bit of an incline to it. So they decided to have this Sharpie marker fight. I don't think anybody's drunk or anything. Bob might be drunk.
0: No, Bob, Bob, had, Bob some had some drinks. drinks.
2: Bob was probably a couple of beers in, but not like trash drunk or nothing. Just, nah, just nah, happy. Nah. So, um, yeah, so they got mirror light, and everybody had their cell phones going, and I guess we were probably live at least twice, like, probably live on two different channels, and uh, everybody was having a good time, and then they start the, the, the what do they call that, the, the face-off or, like, the, the fight, and, uh, and Bob was trying to do something funny. I think he was basically trying to say, here's how you win a fight, and you always win, and he was going to turn around and run away, right, and be funny, but... He didn't realize that there was an incline so he fucking kind of tripped and fell down and we didn't know it but he really bashed his knee or something right so now he's got like a bashed knee and he's getting back up to like have the real fight and i don't really remember what happened so i was holding the camera but i'm pretty sure he got wailed on by the marker right
0: yeah oh yeah there was definitely a couple marker cuts on him right but like he was already hurt like he His knee, I saw pictures of his knee, like, his knee was, like, pretty gashed open. It was
2: pretty bad. It's uh, it's a Canadian, so he's like, oh, I hurt my knee. And then later he shows us his knee, and it's like, you know, other people would have probably gone to the hospital and got at least a stitch or two, right? At least washed some of the gravel and shit
0: out of it. Like, it looked pretty bad. It really did. (laughs) It wasn't just, like, a little cut or something. It was pretty bad. Like, yeah, he probably could have gotten some stitches.
2: So anyway, it was a pretty fun evening. So that was pretty fun SHOT Show, too. That was Marco and Pink. And they were in Pink. They had met up in Phoenix and drove around some sort of race car that Pink got as a rental. And then they had picked up Smeggy and somebody else, I think. No, not Smeggy. Smeggy never been to SHOT Show. Somebody else. Who all was there? We were there. And then basically we were all there for shot show and then hosh came to vegas to meet up with his wife and it was like spur of the moment he hadn't expected to do it but he like had a place to stay for free because his wife was already in vegas i knew we were all there for shot show so he was like able to i guess get a quick flight out and then be there and hang out for a little bit with everybody it was kind of fun he didn't get to go to shot show or nothing but uh yeah, it's the same. Whose channel is the video on? Probably Pink's. I don't know if I don't guess Pink's not out there right now.
0: Pink. I, I think one was on Pink's and one was on. Uh, so there was two of them. I remember specifically there was two different angles. There was like two different live streams go, going on. So someone else has it too, but uh, I know Pink for sure. Now,
2: steadily saying he's been here for two years and he doesn't recall that. So um, two years, he probably would have got an invitation to it. But it was um, probably not this year's SHOT Show for sure, and it wasn't last year, so it had to be 2016 SHOT Show? Yeah, it was 2016. Edge was not at SHOT Show. We keep trying to get Edge to go to SHOT, but so. there was a bunch of people there though. I'm trying to know. I'm forgetting somebody. Oh, you know who it was? Darren. Yep, it was Darren. He used to live in Vegas. Yep. But then there was somebody else. The other
3: Derek.
2: Anyway, pretty fun time. So that was one of those little stories. And I'm sure there's lots of them out there with everybody getting together. I'm sure they had. There was actually some pretty fun ones from the NRA one that they all went to. Uh, Some kind of shadiness in the parking lot, if I remember. So hopefully we'll get some of these stories. And who knows, people can come up with some creative ways to uh, have fun with them with that we'll go to our member of the day every day we try to feature one of the members over at gun channels gun channels been around for five years now and it is the people that are there it's this the software is nothing it's just a software to run a community or whatever it's just uh you know we organize it into channels so gun channels is the members and we try to feature them each day and today we're kind of looking back again to a good guy i don't know how many people are going to remember good guy but you probably hear us talking about him once in a while um but good guy with a gun, was a uh, MP. So him and me both went to uh Leonardwood. So uh, that was kind of interesting. Many years apart. But anyway, then he lived up in Arizona, so are up in Goodyear, so uh, kind of east of Phoenix. And he shot at the range that's kind of between Phoenix and Tucson. So a couple of times we met up there. Ended up selling him a couple of guns and buying a couple of guns off of him. And uh, he got all into reloading for a while there and then into... Melting his own lead, and then powder coating, and of course sharing that with everybody in the live chats and in his videos and stuff. Uh, he was some kind of tech support, I think. So he was savvy with computers and stuff, and he was able to, uh, you know, uh, he was able to get his information up on the web pretty well. Uh, and then he was, uh, like I say, real. Uh, he, he was real uh, open with his learning and uh, kind of collaborating with you guys as he. We discover the stuff about reloading and stuff. So, really, again, one of the people we built gun channels for, somebody like that who wanted to just you know have some fun uh, building stuff. Unfortunately, his interest moved on. I think uh, lots of different theories on what you know where what became of him, but. Uh, you know, again, that's what, a, that's what community is all about. We wanna build a place where people can uh, enjoy it when they want to. And if they're not interested, you know, there's no obligation, they can move on. But they know that the place is here and I'm sure if we ever had to, he'd be back to, uh, you know, help get the second amendment messages going. And uh, like I said, that's what I try to do is remember every good guy or remember members and today it's a good guy.
0: Yeah, I still see him around once in a while on social media because he, ha- he uses the same little symbol In a lot of places and uh, so once in a while i'll read a comment from him off of the youtube or something like that and i you know i remember the chats he used to be and that guy was really funny like every chat he was in seemed to be a good time oh yeah he had a product yeah
2: it was back in the day the yankee hanging out in chats and yeah he got a nickname he didn't like too much that one but he used to go to walmart's all the time and someone who was it that called that called him at the walmart I did one time, and <laughs> I said, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't remember what the hell name we used, though, but he did, it, we heard it go over the, the speaker, but he was talking right at the time it went through, so he didn't, like, hear the announcement, and then when we called back, they wouldn't announce anything.
0: Oh, uh, that's funny.
2: Oh, and then the coyote?
0: Oh, the coyote God. is the car, the coyote with the dog call. <laughs> like didn't he drive like he's like oh i think i like like he just kept driving right like it was just like stuck in his and he just kept driving i think i felt annoying. Yeah,
2: that was pretty awesome all right so uh every day we try to feature a member we got a bunch of them in the um schedule here but we can always shuffle it around so if you've got somebody you'd like to uh see featured uh, drop us an email dailygunshow at com. And we can move on to the next segment of the show, which will be. What does this say that for? I guess it'll be our uh, gun shop of the day, which today is a museum and it's called Dragon Man's. It's called Dragon Land, uh, but uh, also call it Dragon Man's Place. And uh, I think I got some pictures here on Instagram that we'll flip through. I don't know if everybody's familiar with it or not, but. uh, I can't I think I've heard of this guy before back in the day because you hear about this guy who has a bunch of machine guns. But I never really put two and two together until I was coming back from on the big trip, coming back from uh, Oklahoma City. And I was sick of driving the same route from Oklahoma City to Tucson. So there's really no gun shops, or at least no new gun shops along the way. Uh, so I was thinking about going up to Dodge City and into uh, Colorado to come down a different way to Albuquerque. And that would let me pass the Red Dawn place and the NRA range and stuff. And uh, whenever I was mapping it out, I found out about this Dragon Man's place. And I went by and stopped by and checked it out and was amazed. I'm so glad I checked it out. Um, If you've listened to me before, I definitely have been to a lot of the museums. I think this is the best museum, hands down. There's no way this picture does this justice. This looks like a G.I. Joe diorama or something, but this is all legit actual surplus and this is a massive 40,000 square foot I think building and it's his own personal collection there's no glass or bars or nothing you're just right here with all of his stuff that's a ma Deuce, and it's fully nfa and that's live ammo in it like everything is legit real and it's just it's a it's an experience to be in that room Been in museums before, and it's just not the same when you know that the stuff is neutered and you know it's behind glass um, and it might actually be some really neat thing, but you know they ruined it. This is the opposite everything in here he could take out, and he does take out, you know, to his own property and shoots it, or he drives it around, takes it out, and shoots stuff. So it's just really neat. Uh, He's the coolest dude ever. If you go through the museum, you're taking the tour with him. So that's another experience that you'd need to check out. And like I say, these pictures just don't do it justice. you know, I've seen complete um, sets of things from the various theaters and campaigns throughout the history, but never all in one place in just a dude's collection where he just, you know, he's just there talking about it, how he acquired it. Yeah,
0: like, like shoe polish.
2: Look at that shoe polish, dude. That's like that every from, shoe it's polish. That's like every boot from World War II. Like, it's amazing.
0: Such yeah. a complete collection. He also has the nickname of the most heavily armed man in of in America, right? That's that's there he is right there.
2: Yeah, that's him. This is the room where he has every single, I think every single uniform from World War II, which is a massive number of them. Just a cool dude. Um, and the fact that he's out there doing it and and having fun with it is just all inspirational. So uh, one of the reasons we do the show on the daily is to talk about gun shops and gun shows or gun related stuff and this is a gun shop you can go buy stuff from him and uh and he's got this museum it's open on sundays uh the tour is done by him and it's amazing and it's again it's an incredible experience to just be in a a massive private collection that he's willing to share with everybody and again there's just no way to to show the scale of it i've only seen a portion of it i can't wait to get back and actually see the whole thing
0: uh
3: Um, This fella, he actually has the largest collection of uh, German um, SS troopers uh, uniforms in the world. And he is 100% Jewish. And he has been a collector since he was a little boy. I saw an entire show on this gentleman. And he seems like a very educated man on the war and his collection and each item where it came from as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's the best part is it's his collection, not just some curator of a museum who's aware of certain things for whatever reasons. This guy has acquired it all himself. He's the dude. And like you say, he's he's awesome. It's just an amazing experience. He I can't explain enough. There's a basically a section of his museum for each campaign, um, basically from World War Two to now. Um, I don't think he has revolutionary war stuff, but I don't know. I haven't seen the whole thing when we went through, basically what happened is I got there on like a Thursday or something. The museum's typically only open on a Sunday, but this was right after like the end of my big, uh, road trip was right after, or the last couple of days of the road trip was Las Vegas issue. You know, that asshole in Las Vegas. So, um, a news crew had come out to his place from, oh, I forget Brazil or something or Peru or Brazil or something down there. And it was like a news crew and they wanted to do a, a thing. And he was doing some pieces for them, some bits on what a bumpfire fire stock was. And then he's like, hey, you want to see the museum to this news crew? And I said, hey, I'm, I'm a YouTube guy. Do you mind if I go with as you go through the museum? And he said, yeah, sure. And there was a family there who just happened to be there to see the place. And he said, hey, you want to go too? And he just took us all on this free tour, of about a third of the museum. And he gets into the room with the World War II stuff, and like you say, he's got a really impressive, complete collection. And he was telling us about his uniforms and stuff. And then he uh, he says, "I also got the largest collection of xylon. What's it called? Like xylon Z or whatever, whatever that the gas is." And he brought he opened up a cabinet, like you see here. It's one of these glass cabinets, and he pulled out a canister. And he goes, "Listen to this," and he shakes the canister, and he's like, "If I this, we'd all die." <laughs> and it's a freaking Nazi. Freaking gas freaking canister. He's got like 26 of them. And they're just in that case with all this other stuff. It's just amazing. He's got the the belt buckle gun that the Nazis special whatever the hell guarded, guarded Hitler with. You can yeah. own those cans of gas? He's got 26 of them. <laughs> Jeez. I wonder what kind of hoops well, he ended up with. You, know, you
0: can own material with the right licenses. You know what I mean? It's not... So... Like, yeah, kind of with the stuff. right licensing like how do you think companies work with like dangerous gases and chemicals and all? It's just all about the right paperwork and stuff, right? The so, horses group
2: is in Carl's for Carlson right near there and he's got a relationship with some of those guys So he's got some stuff that has been like prototypes and you know if They they get stuff to, to test out. They'll give him one, you know, that kind of thing that he's so he's got some he's got a lot of uh, respect and um what do you say, like networking, you know, he knows a lot of people. So I can't imagine too many, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's probably got some, anyway, it's an awesome place. Can't recommend it enough. It's not open all year, it's only open during like summer months. So you can get yourself to Colorado Springs, check it out. Totally worth it. Um, You're about two hours north, three hours north of the NRA Whittingham Center, which is a cool museum. It's okay. It's an okay museum. I shouldn't say cool. No, it's nothing like this scale. It's an okay museum and then it's a pretty impressive shooting range down there which you know if you do get a chance to get out to that this might be a, a day side trip from it and if you are at that NRA place which is it's in New
0: Mexico but just south of this the Whit- the Whit- Whittington Center yeah Whittingham I that's think. all mainly hunting though like that's what that's big for is hunting
2: hunting and, hunting sporting. and sporting there's a lot of sports yeah. there too but you can camp there you can rent little cottages and you can we could do like a gun channels thing out there sometime. And anyway, this—I'm just saying—this is within like a day's trip of there if you're ever there, or that is a day's trip of Colorado Springs if you're ever there. And then, FYI, that's about two hours north of Red Dawn, where they filmed all the Red Dawn stuff. So anyway, uh, this is a pretty cool spot, and almost never saw it before. And luckily, I just decided to uh, come back a different way, and that's why you should always take a different route home. Don't always take the same route home.
1: Okay, so I have an important question. What did this guy do for a living? Cuz you said that's all privately owned. So he's got Don't ask, of don't money, tell. Apparently,
2: oh, no. he was uh motorcycles and stuff. He's called Dragon Man because he has like a fancy Harley with like an elaborate dragon motif to it. Uh, I guess he did some sort of automobile stuff. He's a big portion of his museum is like Elvis 50s diner, 50s cars. Uh, I don't know nothing about cars other than like, you know, they look like 57 Chevys or like um, cars from, like, Happy Days and stuff. But he's got a ton of those, like, a lot. So I'm sure he did something with automobiles and stuff. And then here's the thing about NFA. Uh, if you were into NFA and 86 happened, there, I mean, there's lots of, there's lots and lots and lots of potential to make money with NFA items. So somebody who, you know, after World War II, let's say, or after some campaign pre-1986 when full auto was transferable, decided i'm going to buy a crate of those you know for a hundred dollars a piece or something and then post and uh, post hughes amendment that item is now worth three thousand six thousand sixty thousand i know guys that bought m2s pre-86 you know for like five grand and they thought they were spending a lot of money on a 50 caliber full auto belt fed gun from fn right and they sold them for fifty six thousand dollars so Imagine if you bought a bunch of them. So there's ways that people make money on NFA items. And a lot of times you can get NFA items now that aren't transferable, you know, that are made for uh, SOTs or for, you know.
0: uh, Dragon Man, uh, the thing that I read on him is where he got all of his money is he does a mail order business. And he makes over like half a million dollars a year with some sort of mail order business. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's where he got all of his money. And then his amusement park, which basically that's what it is, is it's, you got a, uh, a museum, you yeah, got like a yeah. paintball thing, you got a motocross track, you got like a diner, you got a drive-in, there's, like, no there's, there's a, a there. whole bunch of stuff out there, right? I don't think there's a diner.
2: There's 10 miles of racetrack for BMX racing, so there's that, Yeah, and a bunch of ranges, people, but the thing is, like the BMX track is $25 a year to be a member, and you just come out there whenever you want and drive <laughs> so it's not like but, yeah,
0: but, but then if they have races out there on Friday nights, then it's another twenty bucks per race and stuff like that, right? So the thing I read, I'm pretty sure that they said that just his amusement park setup thing that he has going on there makes like three hundred thousand a year. So, so it sounds like he's making money like like it sounds like just like that museum and all that like he's not losing money on that it sounds like if if anything if worst case scenario sounds like he's probably at least breaking even with it if not still making a little
2: sounds like he's got a lot of different forms of like passive income
0: yeah so like if bmx isn't hot that year like he like motocross there's you know you know the and then the gun museum to fall back on the shooting ranges the paintball fields the I think there's a drive-in out there. I think he has a drive-in where he plays old drive-in movies, like movies from like the 50s and stuff, like the original drive-in movies. Well, that would make sense. definitely into that kind of stuff. Yeah, so he plays these movies from like the 50s and stuff, and people come out there. So he has other sources of income. You know, he might lose money on some of them, but... His mail order business alone is supposed to be a half a million dollar a year business that he makes. And I've always wondered what mail order business it is. Is it like a gun thing or a surplus thing? I'm guessing it's probably some kind of surplus thing.
2: And probably he probably
0: that. It could right. be. Yeah. So he just so probably got big into the surplus game and going to the Army military auctions and stuff like that probably. and Eva, and then,
2: I mean, uh, steadily makes a good point. Eva from Gun Funny is his daughter.
1: So. I didn't know that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, she doesn't make like. I don't know a- who that is.
0: Yeah, she. Yeah, like- follow, yeah. she follows me on Instagram.
1: I know who that is. She's a
2: podcast. It's like a well, gun funny, right? It's like a funny podcast. They do crank calls. I think it's once a week. Uh, anyway, it's like two girls and a dude from We Like Duty.
1: She's Sean Heron's girlfriend, or whatever. They're um, uh, in Colorado Springs, also. Anyway, she doesn't make a big deal about
2: it. She, every once in a while, I mean, they're always out at that range, but she doesn't make, like, a big deal about it. But um, that's what, I mean, I'm guessing every once in a while when you see her, like, on a tank or something, that's probably her, her tank, right? <laughs> All right, well, so um, what was that? That was our gun shop of the day. Uh, let's go dig into the calendar over on Gun Channel, see what's happening, what's coming up. So we have a calendar over there and the whole point is to uh, let people know it's coming up but also to help enhance those events so on mondays we talk about behind the scenes and i'll mention again i haven't done it in a while when you post something like an event on a place like gun channels which gets i don't know thirty thousand views a day that helps that event out to some extent on the back side of the internet which is doing all kinds of math and figuring out how popular something is how worthy it is to be recommended as a search result based on how often it's recommended, you know, how often it's used out there on the internet. So Cycle Camp is a great advocate for putting his uh, Connecticut Citizens Defense League events up here. That helps that event because they're up in Connecticut and here's gun channels being hosted out of somewhere, you know, but people accessing it from all over the country and world, I guess. And uh, again, with substantial numbers. So, Um, That's going to help that event out if somebody in Connecticut's typing in what to do this weekend Hopefully will help influence the internet's You know decision on whether or not to recommend something like this. So anyway, that's why we uh, encourage people to use it then of course anybody who jumps into gun channels and scrolls down a little bit has the potential of seeing something over here if you're going to be traveling or if you're uh, I don't know going to be recommending something to somebody maybe you see something here like the bullpup shoot happening in Illinois Maybe uh, two weeks from now, some friend of yours says they're going to be visiting Illinois and they're going to be bored. Maybe you can help connect them with a cool something to do. So there's a couple of reasons to post things here. So we encourage you to do it. Of course, it doesn't cost anything. So a couple of minutes of your time to do it. Uh, So looking at the calendar, we've got uh, um, cycle posted primary election day. I guess that's different for different people. So you probably put in a span of days for that one. Uh, we got his picnic, like we said, and the poker run, which are a couple of events uh, that um, they do, I guess, annually. We got this bull pub shoot that I just mentioned. That's uh, held by Manicor Arms and some other people at a place called the Site in Illinois. It's kind of out in the middle of nowhere near the Mississippi River. Pretty interesting event though, where you get to uh, ch- chat and check out the manufacturers' wares. You know, the different stuff that they make, kind of like in a open air outside type of gun show environment and then you can go down the hill and pull triggers i think it costs a couple of bucks as a participant to pull triggers but you know nominal and really it's a neat opportunity to uh to pull triggers on stuff that maybe isn't for rent or isn't for rent yet at local ranges uh so if you can get to it it might be interesting they call it a bullpup shoot but there's i think there's more stuff there than just bullpups uh, we got the gun rights policy conference coming up in chicago on in september as well and that's where all the gun owners rights groups get together meet up for a couple of days uh, people that are interested can meet up the day before have a thing called the uh called? the 2a media summit or something like that uh where you they'll get together and try to um help people do better with their um content creation Anyway, then the gun owners' rights groups get together for a couple of days. You know, it's held by the Second Amendment Foundation and the uh, Citizens Committee to uh, yeah, Citizens Committee keep and bear arms. Um, they've been doing that for 30-something years. It's an amazing thing. If you travel at all during the year, this is the thing that you might want to consider traveling to, even though it's in Chicago. Uh, 2018 Southeast Outdoor... Press Association. So I found this when I was looking for press credentials. Uh, If you're interested in getting press credentials for whatever reasons you might want to get them, Uh, this is an organization that's been around for a long time. So you might want to check out their conference. I have no idea what it's like, but it's in, looks like they consider the Southeast is everything from Texas and Missouri, Arkansas and everything out East from there. So if anybody's out there and attends this, I'd be certainly interested to find out more about what it's like got Knob Creek, one of the big machine gun shoots that happens in October, we got the National Association of Sporting Goods Wholesalers, which is a very small, well, a smaller shot show uh, that happens, I don't know where, I think Missouri in October, and then the Big Sandy is another uh, shooting, outdoor shooting uh, weekend here in Arizona. A lot of stuff coming up in the next well couple of months, but not much stuff in August. So I don't know if it's too hot or what. But if anybody knows anything that's uh, happening in August, I encourage you to put it in the calendar so that we can help uh, you know amplify it or talk about it here. And if you're doing shows and you're looking for stuff to talk about on those shows, consider checking out the calendar and helping to send these things out there. anybody else got any events to talk about? Anything you're doing or going to, wish you could go to?
0: I'm going to be probably trying to make it back down to Texas here because the place said that they won't just, like, take keep my deposit if I can make it back down there. So I'm trying to swing to make it back down there Uh probably, um, hopefully, Labor Day weekend. I Probably wish I though.
1: could go to any of them, <laughs> but no, it's not in the cards for me. Hopefully, you don't have a huge fire whenever you go <sighs> to time, Dead Horse.
0: Yeah, I, it'll be nice. Uh, hopefully, everything might go smooth this time. And Just wait until it's raining and then go right when it's raining. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm doing a call center thing with the anti-1639 here in Washington to try to get word out to get people to vote against it
2: right on is that going to be like they give you a script and then you go with that script or is it like you call people and wing it or
4: i've never been before i'll report back when i i know more but uh every time i've ever done it before for like school districts it's always there's a script um but it's not too far from my house and it's the least i can do so uh my plan is to go once a week
2: right on and unfortunately, that's one of those things that you have to really do up there. Um, nobody said being vigilant was awesome or rewarding or pleasant or convenient or easy or cheap, right? And like a lot of things, it sucks. So, uh, yeah, bravo or congratulations because uh, yeah, that's how they asked. So that's how Bloomberg he paid a bunch of people to do what you're going to go do for nothing. He paid them to basically do the same thing for evil and got horrible shit passed in, in your state that way.
4: Yeah. Amen. But luckily I've done enough of it for school districts. I'm pretty used to, you know, having people be rude or hang up on me. So it's not that big of a deal to me.
2: Well, that's why I was asking about the scripting Cause I would think somebody like yourself, who's adaptable and like, you know, able to communicate and quick on your feet could potentially do better. Just sort of going out, you know, go do it instead of, say this when the phone gets answered
4: well I mean let's be honest I'm not always gonna follow the script because I, I I know how these things work and if you've got somebody that's you know kind of in between you can use you can use your use those and you know part of intelligent part of your brain and make a good argument and you know stay with logic and stuff you know all
2: right so um on you i guess um we're getting close to the top of the hour anything else we want to talk about tonight
3: i'm going shooting uh the first of september uh, hog hunting in florida yes sir in a helicopter uh no it didn't play into the cards this time because of the cost How, the much, fuel. how much uh, helicopter? well the the helicopter actually i know someone that has one um and basically we have to fill out if you all want to do this we can do this but we don't have to chip in on fuel but we have to fill out hold harmlesses in case you know the worst thing happens the crashes that we can't sue our families can't sue just because of the the amount of ground clearance because we'll be at like 50 to 100 feet and Things happen, you know, at low altitude, you don't have very much time to auto-rotate. And the guy's uh, an ex-Vietnam helicopter pilot, so he's very good at flying a helicopter. And um, basically, uh, if you guys are interested in doing such a thing, we can plan to do that. I just can't afford, you know, to pay for the amount of fuel that would be needed to go and
0: do that. What when I checked into the place about. at Texas, it was eight hundred and fifty, but they didn't guarantee that you were going to get a hog when they went took you out. And then for like fourteen hundred dollars, they guaranteed like they would take you out as many times as as it took until you got like your hogs. So, are you talking eight hundred and fifty bucks and fourteen hundred dollars? Are you talking that kind of money, David? Or
3: um. Yeah, you're probably looking at that and fuel for a whole like 8 maybe 9 hour day. Because- oh no, like this
0: is like this is like the the $850 trip is like a 30 minute thing. If you uh, don't get it in 30 minutes, you're done. But if you pay $1400, if you don't get it in the 30 minutes, like when they run out of fuel or whatever or, or like they'll come back refill and take you out again, like they're you're guaranteed that they're going to get you a hog but when you pay the 850 at the end of your 30 minutes or whatever like if you don't got a hog then you don't get a hog you just lost 850 bucks like that's that that's why i was like oh fuck. that's kind of like you know shitty right to pay that kind of money so then you're like feel like you have to pay the 1400 just so you're guaranteed to get something right
2: no here's my thing I don't care about shooting a pig at all, but if you're going to take me up in a helicopter, I want to be guaranteed I'm shooting out of it. So what I want is a bunch of iron targets out there, maybe something else like toilets. How awesome would it be to shoot toilets from out there? That's a reactive target. I don't know. Clay. Anerite or something. Clay pots. Oh, like if maybe somebody throws some clay, so you have to shoot at a moving target with a shotgun from a helicopter. I don't give a damn about the pigs. If somebody will just fly me around and let me shoot out of their helicopter— that's what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah,
4: yeah, I want to join up for that.
2: But uh, back to um, David in Florida. Here's the thing. I'll sign that waiver, but if he drops me out the helicopter and I fall down, I'm going to immediately get up and shoot him because of Castle Doctrine.
3: <laughs> yeah, you were a real good artist. Yeah. You- you you wear a really good harness. You're you're uh, not coming out of that helicopter, you know, unless you know, because you will have your foot your feet out on the run because you've got to lean out over the edge because when you fire off the left side of the chopper, I tend to fire off the right, but if you do off the left, you don't want to hit him with brass because you know you don't want to get hot brass down your neck or on your your your. Uh, reproductive area uh when fu- when piloting a helicopter at low altitudes <laughs> what the
2: hell is this guy naked when he's flying like how's this hitting? no he
3: wears a
0: <laughs> he wears a way flight. to fly
3: well he wears a Nomax flight suit like what you know you wear when you fly a helicopter nowadays in the military right. but i'm just saying if you shoot brass and it goes down his neck or something i mean i he didn't tell me this, but I shot a couple pieces of brass up inside the, his cockpit, and he didn't seem too happy about it, and his daughter told me that, you know, that kind of pisses him off because, it you know, it can land on him or, you know, into the control units and stuff like that, so I just tend to lean way out when I'm on the left side.
2: All right, well, I can deal with my ejected brass not hitting him. Yeah. So- it out of side of his helicopter. So, all right. Is this a, this is a uh,
3: Huey? No, 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 no. This is not a Huey. <laughs> I wish it was a Huey. A, that would you know? be pretty awesome. We could all go up at the same time to start with Yeah, that would be bad. But no, this is what they consider like an, uh, uh, it's almost an experimental aircraft. They're that size. You can fit um, four people in it tightly. You know, usually... It's him piloting, and then you got one guy in the back with a camera and one the guy in the back gun. working the gun. Yeah, that sounds like two gun channels,
1: people. So is it like a little bubble helicopter?
3: Yeah, it's one of those, like, yeah, real small ones. But the good thing like about Magnum them, Pi,
0: Like a Magnum no, PI? No, helicopter? no,
3: no, no. No, 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 not a little bell. bell. Those are half a million dollar helicopters. And for no, the, U, the Magnum
0: PI helicopter is just like that little bubble thing, right?
3: Like, yeah, but it's a turbine helicopter yeah. that cost about uh, $780,000 back in the 80s.
2: Yeah, that Magnum PI helicopter ain't like a MASH helicopter.
3: No, no.
2: It was a wicked cool, like...
3: Yeah, those helicopters are, are capable of 200 mile an hour, and they will do a actual loop.
0: So, what are we taking like talking one of these like homemade kit, like gyrocopters? No, no, like, no,
3: no, it's not a gyrocopter,
0: it is a true helicopter.
3: It's got a collective, it's got pedals, it's got a yoke. It's just a smaller version of you know, like a news helicopter, just a hell of a lot smaller and cheaper
2: so to run. How do you say, and wouldn't the brass go up in there after you're done firing it? And that makes sense to me. Like, wouldn't you be worried about the brass just getting caught up in the guts of the helicopter or something?
3: Well, basically, the downwash of the rotor forces everything kind of down. Um, when you are leaning, when you're kind of like trying to sit, at first, I was just sitting kind of on the seat with my feet on the runner. And that was kind of throwing the brass, like the the way the helicopter c- cuts through the air it kind of gives you a little bit of a bubble screen. And if you're inside that bubble screen and you fire the the weapon, it's not only really loud, but the brass seems to go right up into the cockpit area. But if you're standing out on the, on the run where you, the landing strip and you're leaning out and you fire, you're in the wind of the helicopter uh, going around it. And it seems to grab that brass and let it go down instead of, um, back into the pilot's compartment
0: all right hey, you've been to big sandy so when they're shooting the tracers at like super long range and you see one go out there yeah have you ever seen it like spin drift where it kind of like that the bullets like corkscrewing in the air right like the bullets actually kind of making like wide circles as it is like literally like corkscrewing right mm-hmm. like when you shoot i've seen these videos where they shoot out of the helicopters with these tracers it starts doing doing that immediately, immediately, like from the from that wash.
2: Oh, I see what you yeah.
0: yeah, it starts corkscrewing and uh, immediately from that wash. So, like, I've heard that shooting from a helicopter can be like one of the most difficult things. Oh yeah, in the yeah. world to like to do. Like, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, Because each side, each side of the helicopter, you have a different rotation. So you have like a different wash. So like you got to change up your whole game on where you shoot and where you hold, just depending on what side of the helicopter you're shooting at.
3: Plus, if he's flying at 70 miles an hour and you start firing directly on a pig below you, your bullets are going to hit in front of it. So you have to, you know, you got to lead the lead the animal. Because, or a target, you know, if you got a metal target you're coming up on, you can't aim at the target because you're moving 70 miles an hour. You start firing at that target, and by the time those bullets come out and make 25, 30 yards, they've already passed the target. So you kind of got to lay into it beforehand and start capping rounds, and you'll see them start hooking right into the dirt, and you'll see them catch it. And it's literally like curving, like dead sand. And, you know, it's it's pretty cool, you know, but it's very, very hard. I, it took me like four or five times up before I could actually shoot and hit things on a, on a predictable level because of my eyesight problem. It took a little while to kind of figure out a way that I could make it work.
1: So you're talking now about what- one that looks like this?
3: Yeah, what's the name brand of that? I
1: don't know. Hughes five hundred helicopter. No,
3: it wouldn't be a Hughes man. Hughes, that's big money. That five hundred Hughes, that's 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 a ton of change. You guys have got rich itis. Um, put in there. It's one of the smallest commercial aircraft that you uh, helicopters you can buy. He told me that much.
2: All right. Well, I'm going to suggest we keep moving because.
3: yeah we don't want to get in a hole
2: but sounds cool and yeah more than i asked you're going on hog hunting florida i've heard a lot of people hunt out of helicopters because of so what i guess because of so much marshy conditions or whatever it's a lot easier to hunt that way or only accessible some places that way
3: yeah some of the time during the year like coming up right now it rains so much that if you were out there walking you're even if you're wearing like boots that are made you know to walk in mud you are like slopping and it's like trying to run it on a sand um, you know in the sand or in the water at the beach it's just hard to do and it poops you out pretty quick so just to go a couple of miles walking is is actually really it's like walking up a mountain
2: all right well we'll end up the show here and uh, dtp found uh the video of the sharpie marker fight sharpie marker knife fight on hosh's channel so we got uh i'll screen share it here we've got bob explaining how to karate people and this is where he was trying to be funny but he accidentally fell there and did that sort of role which is actually pretty good for he's like 97 years old and you know Kevin kind of surprised himself and had to do like a ninja roll i think he did pretty good See if we can get it on tape here. Let's get it in slow motion. So we'll do this speed, slow motion. So he's basically saying, here's the way to always want to fight, run away. Oopsies, head got ahead of him. That's kind of wise advice. Yeah.
0: His feet got crossed up when he went to go start running away. I think that was where he
2: was doomed, kind of from the start. And it's not real obvious here, but this is a downhill. This is going down. I don't know if he realized it. Yeah, but um,
0: he's kind of wearing those overalls over his regular clothes, so it's kind of constricting him. It's kind of weird, you know. get underneath there, a whole tuxedo underneath there. His feet got all crossed up, like, as he was
2: backing up, too. So this is the actual fight. And it dramatically comes out of focus and then into focus. What the hell? We're like down the street. We're not even anywhere near Bob's camper even. It was actually a pretty good sharpie fight. Better in slow motion, huh? Oh, Hosh is nailing him. Killed, killed. <laughs> right in the ribs right there. Oh, and then Bob falls down. Now he's bleeding out. Look at that complete head roll. <laughs> and Hosh is still neck, knifing him. What, Bob?
0: Oh, well, see, if Bob was like really kicking right there, he would have like hit Hosh straight, straight in the chin with that kick. Like,
2: well, okay. Bob's Bob,
0: like, at Bob such a disadvantage because he really can't hit. So, like, the person with the knife, <laughs> with the sharpie, he needs to have padding and stuff on and a helmet,
2: so, that he so can to
0: make it fair. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what Bob's uh, side of it still
2: is. He contends that if he would have started the fight for real, he would have knocked Hosh in the knee, therefore crippling Hosh right at the back, right at the
0: knee. I agree. I think if it's, I think if Hosh would have had padding on, so Bob could go full force on him, and actually, like, I think it would have turned out much different. So
2: Bob basically got stabbed the shit out of. See how the marker points. But Hollis also kept going. Look, he even stabbed himself. And then he uh, he kept stabbing him when he was down, though. And that's a 96 year old man stabbing. Notice Bob didn't pull a gun, Bob didn't castle doctor right so him. Oh my bro.
0: God. <laughs> uh, I want to use that.
2: Um. That was, I think, Pink Filming. How do you say he broke a rib? Did he break a rib also?
0: He might have. Oh, yeah, I think he did. Yeah. I think he did crack a yeah. rib, too. Yep. He That's right. He's laying no. around like that.
2: That's the kind of crazy fun we have. And that wasn't even nobody drinking. See, so that was just... Uh, ongoing feud that finally got to come out into reality. Next time, they say they're both going to suit up, and both have Sharpie marker knives, instead of that, like, try to... Bob basically was just trying to defend himself from getting stabbed to death. Instead, they're going to just have an actual knife fight. So you can stay tuned for that. Alright, so... um, I think we covered all the... Contractual obligations to the show. Thanks everybody for sticking around. We try to uh, have a conversation each night. I guess we did. We start a little bit late, Isabella. We start kind of on time. I think we went right about an hour tonight. Um, Cycles not here. Does anybody have a quote?
1: I looked one up. Benzie wasn't here. I got a Clint, Clint Smith. The two most important rules in a gunfight are
2: yeah. hold, on, always hold, on. Cheat. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Uh, Dead Horse, you said you're doing a chat after this, reloading shotguns?
0: Uh, Yes, I am. I'm going to be reloading 12-gauge shotgun shells for the first time ever. Right
2: on. So anybody wants to check that out? If you want to create your own show over on Gun Channels, feel free. If you want to uh, check out, um, let's see, Taters, he does stuff on Gun Channels all the time. Uh, Snob, been posting videos? I've seen a couple. Yeah check out your channel um you guys can feel free if you want to drop links in the comments um i'll make you moderators of the youtube channel and then that way you can feel free to drop links to your your own channels just like gary's doing right now um that's on this thing so if anybody watches this on a playback they're going to see your link there potentially click on it but again when we're talking about just having reciprocal links out there on the web uh, we've got 800 something viewers on this channel, so if that helps you out, having a link out there, uh, great. You know, we're going to be promoting it on iTunes and all that. Thank you, sir. All right, so um, let's see. Make that of course a mod, and here's how you do that. If you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, I'm watching the YouTube side. YouTube's a dead and bloated video hosting platform, where we host this video, this stuff. So what i did when i went to dead horse's thing there uh i went uh, create more ad moderator or whatever so i'll see if um like aries already a moderator there's snob so we'll go over here and make add moderator everybody see that so that's how you make someone a moderator it's how you give them this little blue wrench now with that wrench they can clobber on all the regular people in the chat if they want to so there you go who else is in there woods is woods out there if he's been saying anything
4: no i'm i haven't done anything in there
2: okay so uh anyway so that's how you can make people mods on your channels if you want and uh you guys can always feel free to drop stuff in there uh like i say that supplements the show and plugs whatever efforts you might be doing again thanks everybody for joining and sorry for cutting you off i just wanted to let people know that there was another uh, show coming on after this Oh,
1: oh you're good so you ready for me to read it now yep let's end it all right from clint smith The two most important rules in a gunfight are always cheat and always win. The guys and gals of GunWebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thanks for watching GunWebsites.com. (sweak)